This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 32, Season 3. Jim Taddy with you for the next, I want to say, 25 minutes or so. David Alter from SI Media Hockey News will stop by and chat about the Leafs as they have recently re-signed Austin Matthews, and we'll just go over the whole summer for the Leafs. Before we get going, college football fans, are you set? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 in college football, score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Here is the call to action. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 in college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. So last week, Austin Matthews signs four-year extension, average of $13.25 million, a raise of $1.6 over what he's making in the final year of his contract. That'll kick in. Well, it's already kicked in, but the season has not. So where do we go from here? Obviously, William Nylander has to be re-signed or dealt with one way or the other. Doesn't look like he's going to move off his ask of $10 million, so this may die of natural causes over the course of the season. We will see. But what else does that leave the Leafs with? Well, they're over the cap. They need some grit on the blue line and maybe a player or two in the bottom six in their forward unit. How do they get there? Well, that's the purpose of our discussion with David Alter from SI Media and the Hockey News. Let's listen in. All right, David, what do you make of the Leafs offseason to date? Well, I mean, there's a lot that's happened and a lot that hasn't happened. So it's kind of been all over the place. I mean, with the lot that's happened, uh, there's a new GM, Austin Matthews signs a contract extension, uh, a bunch of new faces, guys that you kind of know the roles that they're going to play. Uh, so, so that part looks all right. 
it looks like they've got through what was going to be a difficult spot when they replace Kyle Dubas as GM of the team with Brad Tree living. Uh, but so far, it looks like it's humming along smoothly. And then as far as what how a lot has not happened in terms of remaking the D, uh, you know, there could be some things that could come there and tinkering and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's been an interesting offseason. Uh, I think it's going to be a defining offseason for the club just because the core, as much as that is the same right now, um, this this is very much a make-or-break year. We say that in previous years, but, uh, I mean, William Nylander's up. Two other core guys are going to be up for contract extensions afterwards, and there's a new boss now kind of evaluating the talent. Once Brad Tree Living sees exactly what he has in front of him from a day-to-day during the season standpoint, I think that's going to say a lot about what the Leafs are, are and what direction they're going in. Yeah, it's almost like the window uh, that they had is starting to close ever so slightly, uh, and, and time does that. It's really not anybody's fault. Time just does that. I, I think I like what they did. They spent some time on the top six. In previous years, they spent a lot of time on the bottom six, hoping that somebody could play up. But but I think they've looked after the top six forward unit for the first time. Yeah, and that, that to me has been the biggest defining thing so far of Brad Tree Living's three-month tenure, I think it is, not even. Yeah, June, July, and August. So uh, is that the guys that he signed have defined roles that you know exactly what they are. Like, uh, to your point, when the Leafs signed Michael Bunting back in 2021 or Nick Ritchie or all these other players, there was kind of uh we have them slotted there, but we don't really know, right? Like they could go anywhere from one to four. And to Kyle Dubas's credit, a lot of those signings worked out really well. And so he did well with the little cap room that they had available. But this time around, you know exactly where Tyler Bertuzzi is playing this season. You know he's a top six guy who's going to get that opportunity. You know Max Domi is a winger that can play in the top nine but can also move around to center. That might be the only up-and-down versatile move. But then Ryan Reeves, you know he's that enforcer, fourth-line guy that's supposed to stand up for everybody. And then uh, John Klingberg, you know he's a a top four-ish offensive defenseman who to his own – uh, credit admitted that he needs to be better defensively, but you know what those guys are. There is no, uh, maybe they can be this. Those roles are defined, and and that that to me has been the biggest difference with Brad Tree living so far. Well, and the other thing is, you know, those three guys, he, his line was snot. So Bertuzzi, Domi, and Reeves. When you put those three guys together, they become one in that. There's one on the ice pretty well through the rotation. There's one line where they're not going to appear there, but could be double shifted. The least of them ever had rotating snot, if you will, before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just haven't had snot that was part of their top nine. That was the big difference. They would have guys that would be inserted into the lineup for what they would call leadership roles, like Wayne Simmons, who would play in that role, but weren't necessarily built a career on doing this or was supposed to be this role kind of when they drained it all up for lack of a better way of putting it. So I always felt that they kind of needed something like that in their top nine, like something where that, that presence is going to be there on the, uh, on a top line and can be rotated in if need be to kind of keep things honest out on the ice. And so that 
that is obviously a big difference here. Uh, and we'll see if it actually translates into something because you look at some of these other top teams and, and players that they've got, they've got skilled a-holes as I like to call them, which is like guys who play with that, that kind of role, but like can be in the top six and will be a threat offensively and uh, as a traffic cop as well. So it's, it's interesting to see if this one will work out. Ryan Reeves is certainly a guy who has a bit of a different personality, but I don't expect him anywhere beyond the fourth line, but guys like Domi and, and um, Bertuzzi do play with an edge to their game. Some piss and vinegar, which is another couple of words that Brad tree living described as well. So uh, I expect I expect there'll be a different kind of feel out there. We'll see if it translates with the core guys as well. Well, I, I, I kind of like the, or applaud the fact that, you know, somebody with some uh, physical truculence to borrow another old phrase yeah. could play beside Austin Matthews. So he doesn't have to create his own space or, or be targeted in a playoff series because that that's been the case in the past. Somebody who just will, will just give him a little more room out there. Yeah, and I mean, look, there were guys who who played with those guys who were inexperienced and and got the brunt of it. Like, look at Matthew Nyes and the injury he got. I believe it was with Sam Bennett when he got tied up in and around the net, right? And uh, yeah. this was inexperience and and uh, being targeted and 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 uh, unfortunately for the Maple Leafs and for him, he was on the wrong end of it and got concussed and couldn't play for the remainder of the series, but. Uh, if you have guys like that who will just make it more of an obstacle to do those kind of things, it can help because, as you know, the playoffs can be a fluky thing. It could be an injury there. It could be a bounce here. It could be a lot of these different things that just seem to always happen against Toronto in that way. And, I mean, that that was a big turning point because it was a player who just who, who had established himself as someone who could hang in the playoffs with skilled guys, but didn't have some of that other element in his game that could, you know, protect some of the other guys there. So uh, I'm curious to see how it'll all, it'll all play out here and how it'll all translate. Um, the good thing here is they brought a lot of these guys at once and they have them for a whole season. So if there is a bit of a rocky start, they can kind of figure it out along the way and not just do what they've usually done, which is, oh, we need this, 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 and this, and get it all at the deadline, and then hope it all gels together in five weeks, which doesn't always work. Yeah, so they're entering the the time where they're carrying a lot of expiring contracts. Uh, The biggest one is Nylander because everybody feels he should be signed, and and everybody has comparables. Uh, My line on that is, well, those are this year's comparables. His deal expires next year. So I don't know what kind of a hurry there is from the Nylander camp to get anything done. There's trade talk, at least in in the media. I don't know how relevant that is. And I just think that maybe the best thing to do with this is just let it uh, go naturally and if you come to a deal fine if he stays at 10 million maybe you look at that maybe you move on next year or you know there's many options here i don't see a line in the sand that it has to be done in the next three weeks although time could prove us wrong but there are a lot of ufas on this roster and i guess my general point is i think they're always going to be in this position moving forward yeah i i agree with you and the way i kind of looked at it in in talking to to some people about the situation who have better knowledge of it than myself uh i looked at it and and, and then it was explained to me look at it in bradtree living shoes he's just come into the job and he's kind of had to do a lot in a short period of time 
And the number one task is now completed. But for a lot of the time, he was the number one priority was it was a slam dunk get Austin Matthews extended. He's the he's the best player on the team. He's going to set all kinds of franchise records for goals he already has in the season. So that's obviously a priority and something you want to figure out right away. Now that he's done that, you have that luxury of time where you can get to know these guys and let things breathe a little bit, right? See who, as me, I'm talking as if I'm Brad Tree Living, as me, the Brad Tree Living, I've only heard about these guys. I actually haven't experienced and lived with these guys during the season. I can kind of get to know what makes sense. Now, obviously, if a deal comes where it makes sense and it's a value, they would sign Nylander earlier, but that's not on table right now. So you look at all that and you say, okay, you know, as the season goes along, if this guy really starts to force the issue, maybe we have to do it. Maybe we have to rethink our core and maybe Nylander is is high up on that and we make a decision elsewhere on somebody else. Or maybe it's Tyler Bertuzzi ends up being the missing piece that the Leafs have always needed and never had and then they have to find a way to keep him and he's going to demand more money and there's going to be a lot of these different things because of these guys as you mentioned who are on these one-year deals and expiring there's so much money yet there's the priorities after Matthews can change considerably and so because Brad Tree Living is new you just don't know like I think he's got to sit in the seat during a season and see how these guys handle the day-to-day rigors of the playoffs to really know the identity and everything he needs to forge for the future. And so the Matthews part was obvious. And, and when it comes to the players, that's all well and good. I'm more curious to see what happens at the head coaching spot at, at this point now, because we know Sheldon Keith is around, but I'm curious to see if an extension does get done or not between now and the beginning of the season. Well, and that's the, that's the biggest expiring contract is the head coach, and, and that has that has in the past had a precarious tone to it because uh, they're just there's like a lot of second guessing, and you know, and so do I because we're part of the media. We know how this machine works, and, and there are a couple of things that that could haunt this team, and, and that would be one of them. It could. I mean, the the interesting thing was last year when the Leafs went into that final year without an extension for Kyle Dubas, and. I understood it at the time. I mean, after it was explained, I get it. Uh, The other thing, too, is Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment just finished paying millions and millions of dollars to Mike Babcock for nearly four seasons to not work. And I get the sense with telecoms, with the economic climate of the world, with how much money was lost in the pandemic and everything else, that there's just little appetite to just have staff on contracts to not to get paid not to work. And so if something happens after this season where you've decided Sheldon Keith is not the guy or whatever, I don't I, like I, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes into the season without an extension, even though it'd been talked about. I asked it during the availability uh, with with tree on Friday and he kind of dodged the question. And so I, I wonder it could get together. It could it could get put together late. I just wonder if, from a management standpoint or, or ownership standpoint, I should say that maybe there's just not an appetite to pay coaches to not work anymore at any level within the company. And so, if you're on an expiring contract, you're on an expiring contract. Make that decision afterwards, for better or worse, or or if you've decided. I mean, 
Bradfield Living said everything positive about Sheldon Keith and he's coming back, but uh, I'm starting to think less optimistically that the that the extension for Keith is a slam dunk here. Well, and, and that's precarious. I mean, if we go back to the Duba situation, those Pittsburgh rumors happened uh, at least a solid month before the lease parted company with him. Uh, and, and you have to believe that if all things were positive for the Leafs and they were advancing in the playoffs, that at some point so he either keeps people would reach out to somebody else or somebody else would have reached out to him knowing he's on an expiring contract. Not to say that he couldn't re-sign with the Leafs, but it just brings an, an air of uh, uh, uncertainty where you don't need it at a time when you don't need it. Yeah, no, it's true. Although I do think the tone around the team and management would have changed if Toronto got past Florida to the point where we're not even discussing any of these issues. Kyle Dubas is back and uh, everything is all hunky dory, right? It was just fashion, the fashion and the way the Leafs got eliminated in round number two, pretty much erased 99.9% of the goodwill that was brought out by finally winning a playoff series for the first time in 19 years. So, so that changed a lot. Um, the economics of everything changed a lot. You're looking at franchise valuations, business, business plays a huge part of this now. So, uh, and then even, even while Sheldon Keefe was twisting in the wind, there were reports from Larry Brooks. I remember about the Rangers being interested in him. If, if the Leafs were actually going to make that decision. And so it could be a twofold thing. It could be that Keefe who has an, a tremendous record in the regular season as a head coach in the NHL could bet on himself and decide to not want to under unfavorable situations or circumstances if that's how he feels. I don't know that. I'm not putting words in his mouth. Uh, it's just it's one of those things where it might it might be mutually beneficial in that way to kind of go without a contract extension in, in that regard. But uh, it, it is curious. Like I look at the assistant coaching hires that were made, uh, the kind of the way those roles were divided and then and then now as we kind of get closer to the training camp the like the 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 extension is going to be very interesting if it happens or not and and like because because mlsc did that with dubis last year it would not at all surprise me if called if um sheldon keith goes into this in the final year of his contract well and whoever reps him is going to also have his his eyes and ears open He's not going right. to participate in anything, but he's going to be aware of, of situations because, you know, sometimes decisions happen fast and you have to have a job when the music stops, you have to have right. a chair. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I would, I would classify the keep story as, as the greeter elephant. And once you get into the least dressing room, there are two elephants right in the middle of the room. One is the salary cap where they're over. And the other is the lack of snot on the blue line. Yeah. Okay. So the salary cap, it's uh, like, I, I spend a lot of the summer kind of, you know, I have a math background, so I actually love talking about the salary cap and kind of talking people off a ledge about it because how it looks on the face of it and what actually matters in terms of making space are two different things. Yeah. If you had a 23 player roster, you would probably be over the cap by 2 million and change according to all the cap sites and everything like that. That makes sense. However, it's likely they're only going to go with 20 or 21 guys if that's the case. And then they can easily be cap compliant. And then more likely than not, and this has happened in previous years, you know, when the Leafs got Cali Yarncroke, everyone was freaking out 
that they need to trade Alex Kerfoot and make some space because they're over. Well, that didn't happen. They, they, they managed to get under it easily. Um, but injuries are going to happen. The Leafs do not have to be cap compliant until October 11th. Whatever the day is before the first game is when they have to be cap compliant. And so there's three weeks of training camp, maybe more than that, seven preseason games, a major injury, and that solves everything. Like if they have at, at any level, even if it's guys who aren't going to make the team, but they can be put on LTI and that cap hit goes, well, then then they have the space and they don't have to worry about it. If they get closer, then maybe they have to kind of worry about it if there are no injuries. But um it's just the luxury of time. They do not have to do anything to get under the salary cap until the day before the first game. And so a lot can happen. Two years prior, Ilya Mikheyev broke his hand. I think it was like the last preseason game and his entire cap hit went on LTI for two and a half months. He didn't come back until December. And that solved a lot of issues for them. There were no longer any sort of cap issues and they can carry 23 guys. When Jake Muzzin last year went on LTI after the fourth game, they went from being able to carry 20 guys to 23 guys. And Nick Robertson was able to play no problem. Remember Nick Robertson couldn't make the team because of his contract status, because they were trying to, asset manage and, and all that stuff. So that part is going to be fine. And, and forgive me, what was the second part of your question there? The, the, lack, the, of snot, the lack of yeah. snot in the blue line, yeah. That's right. So uh, I asked that as well in terms of is there more to do before between now and then. He said he'll look to tinker and, and kind of figure out what's what he can do on that team. Of course, the cap maneuverability is going to be a question. It's really going to be a matter of, what assets do you have? Like, is Connor Timmons the asset that they float? And is anyone interested in him at that cap hit for someone who played a little bit last year, but didn't get a lot of time. And toward the end of the year, he was actually dressing as a forward because they, they, uh, they were just trying to rest guys. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. That's, that's one where I feel like in an ideal world, there's still a move or two to do there. Um, I think you really have to see where Jake McCabe is as well. If Jake McCabe improves on his game and shows more of the promise that he did before he was a member of the Maple Leafs, then I think the Leafs could be fine for a little while and kind of figure that out by committee. The real question at that point is, what do your defense pairs look like as they are right now? When I was putting out my projected lines, defense pairs, and goalie combinations for this season – the one I struggled the most was with the defense pairs because well, you have like I had Riley and Brody. Like, I mean, I looked at John Klingberg, he like John Klingberg needs a, a responsible defenseman with him because his defensive game isn't there. And so you would probably think you would put Brody there. However, they don't have enough right-handed. Uh, they, they don't have, they have too many right-handed shots and you want to put Brody back on the right. Uh, so, or not enough left-handed shots. So you could put Riley back with Brody. Then you've got Klingberg with McCabe, I guess. And yeah. then, and then you can do Lilligren Giordano again. The big question to me also is where's Mark Giordano's game at? Because it did not end well last year and his age and everything. I wonder what he's going to look like at training camp this year, because that, that to me was a big question mark when he was the seventh defenseman and, I believe that was out of respect. If he was any other player, he would have been scratched in those playoff games. Okay, so let's end on this. I agree with your assessment of Geo in, in the playoffs, but I also think, and, and obviously in, in the Florida series, they didn't score 
but I didn't like their defense. Now, if the defense had some goals to work with, maybe we're looking at it differently, but I thought the defense wore down. It was the first time all year that I didn't like them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and, and Giordano was, was part and parcel of that. Once they had that issue, they were playing a lot with 11 and seven and figuring out different guys and putting in a different mix. And I mean, outside of Luke Shen and then Morgan Riley, that, that defense pair still held out. Okay. But now Luke Shen is, is not around anymore. And I think the big difference is going to be Timothy Lilligren. I think Timothy Lilligren has got to take a tremendous step in his game. Yeah. And, um, you know, if his social media posts about his gym regimen are to be believed, it looks like he's taking it seriously. But um, it, we're not going to know until, like, he actually gets out there and, and really needs to take that next step. I mean, we, we talked about it in previous years, but now more than ever because he could – with the right-handed shots that they do have – I think he's critical in, in terms of trying to figure out a balance there, because if his game is better defensively, they can kind of do more. And so uh, there's a couple of other guys, like uh, there's, there's a couple of other guys that are like kind of lower in the depth chart that the Leafs did get on defense that could make a play, but then there's like, waivers and all kinds of stuff that they have to figure out. So yeah, it, it's a toss up on defense. They do need to get better there. Uh, if injuries take place during the preseason, maybe they can look to trades and figure out how to get some more assets there. Uh, but they do need some bigger guys, and Bradtree Living has said that he likes bigger defensemen, so there there probably is still something to be done there. It's just going to be a matter of what the cap and circumstances allow. David, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. You got it. Last minute of play in this podcast. Well, thank you, Mike Ross, for that time. Warning time now for Lickety Split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Yes, guy, no guy, number one. The Matthews deal works. Oh, yes, guy, for both sides. Four years, so he's there for another five years with the lease at $13.25 million. You might scoff at that, but it's only a raise of one6 and it works. The term works, so that's an emphatic yes, guy. Yes guy, no guy, number two. You like the Leafs offseason so far. I'm going to say yes guy to that. They've done a lot of work. Still a bit more to go, but I like what they've done, so that's a yes guy. Yes guy, no guy, number three, which comes out of yes guy, no guy, number two. More work, more players to be added. Well, yes guy, but don't know how they're going to do it. They're already over the cap. Need some, still need some more snot on the back end. Best way to say it. And yes guy, no guy, number four. The defense is good. No guy, no, no guy. Not at all. Well, hope you enjoy Leaf Sky Episode 32, Season 3. We will return just before training camp.